Hello, and welcome to the NPRD podcast with nurse practitioner and registered dietitian Robin Kivit. Eating disorders, body image, medicine, they are all interconnected. But with so many programs, techniques, and advice to choose from, it's easy to be overwhelmed. Robin, with more than 25 years of experience as a nurse practitioner and registered dietitian, offers help and hope for everyone, families, children, and adults. Along with veteran talk show host and good friend, Jordan Rich, Robin invites you to learn much more right here on the NPRD podcast. This is Robin and welcome back to another edition of the NPRD We have Emily Pardue, a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, on today. She is actually someone who works in my practice. Emily, thank you for being on today with Jordan and I. Thank you for having me. So we'd love to just hear, you know, you've been in the field for 10 years. You um, had gone to Middlebury and then on to BC for your NP. And we'd love to just hear... What brought you to becoming an NP and then to the actual specialty that you're in? Of course. Yeah, I was a, a psychology major in Middlebury um, and decided to move to Boston. At that time, I actually worked with children and adolescents in intensive foster care. So they had more exceptional needs. A lot of them were medical. And through that, uh, four years of work, um, I had a lot of experience in um, bringing them to appointments, interacting with the medical community in Boston. Um, I already had an interest in medicine, but that really fueled that interest Mm. and um, led me to reach out to different programs, ended up deciding to go the route um, at Boston College, where I was initially uh, specializing in pediatrics. That was my initial specialty. And at that time, I actually thought I wanted to go into oncology. Um, And then in the many practicum placements that we had, I was really drawn back to psychology and psychiatry just in seeing the significant need um, that there was um, and really thinking about all the clients I worked with as a social worker previously and and the needs that they had, especially in the area of psychiatry and and medicine. Uh, So I ended up transitioning to a psychiatric NP. I did complete my pediatric uh, certification, um, but then ended up staying on um, for that additional certification to treat all ages within the field of psychiatry. So you're double boarded. I am, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I am pediatric primary care was my initial um, specialty, and and then I immediately went on to do the psychiatry right. component. Right. That's really interesting. I love that. What brought you into more of the eating disorder realm after you were done with your training as an NP? It always was of interest to me, especially noting the very obvious connections between nutrition um, and mental health. And of course, we know that that's not just in the field of eating disorders, but obviously um, more at the forefront of care in that specific field. But really what drew me to, um, I previously worked at Walden Behavioral Care and what drew me to that initially was working with Dr. Greenblatt, who right. is one of the pioneers in integrative psychiatry, which, of course, really takes that component mm-hmm. of how nutrition affects mental health and delving into that in more depth. Um, so that's really what drew me to that particular facility was the opportunity to work with him. Um, and then, of course, just knowing that I would be really um, helping 
patients really at an acute level of care to start with, um, with pretty serious medical comorbidities along with the mental health. And that was really exciting and interesting work for me uh, at the time and, and certainly still is today. What are some of the things that, you know, you see as pearls from working with Dr. Greenblatt? I completely agree with you. He's, he's such a pioneer and great clinician. So just curious as to any of those things from your work with him. Yeah, I mean, I think it really taught me to explore. I mean, we're always trained to look at the full picture, but I mean, this expert really takes that um, and helps helped me understand what that full picture entailed and, and really the depth of how nutrition affects everything potentially um, from schizophrenia to bipolar disorder to depression, certainly. Um, so I think not overlooking any of those nutritional components in history taking um, and certainly in care and, and, of course, collaborating closely with um, our medical providers such as primary care was really a significant piece that I took with me. Yeah, I, I worked in his outpatient practice that was specific to integrative psychiatry where there's much more in-depth testing that um, we don't utilize as much in, in the area of medicine. Um, I, don't, I don't want to say standard area of medicine, yeah. but in the non-integrative functional medicine world. Um, and that was incredibly interesting. And I was, I kind of had one foot in that door and one foot in the inpatient unit. And I had to make a choice at a certain point. And I, I really liked the idea of the intense collaboration that was available to me as a young practitioner in the hospital setting. So I transitioned more to that. But, um, you know, certainly as a practitioner now back in the outpatient world, I hope to further my education to better understand all that is available in um, functional medicine and integrative psychiatry um, further. But, yeah, he's definitely a brilliant doctor, and I hope to continue, you know, just learning from him more from afar, not as his trainee anymore, but um, he's really shaped how I approach, especially those initial visits and better understanding medical history for our patients. You do such a phenomenal job with collaboration. We shared cases when you were at Walden, and I see that in you now. Obviously, in private practice, the thoughtfulness, patience, and lengths that you go to in collaborating with other clinicians for individuals and families. And, you know, we've had other folks on the podcast recently who've been in the field longer than you or me who have spoken to that so specifically and globally. And it has to be at the forefront of our care because it doesn't work if it's not. Can I pose a yeah. question to both of you since I'm thrilled that I have the opportunity to do so? And I'll start with our guest. The stigma regarding and surrounding mental health is still an issue, no question. But it seems to me that there's an additional level of stigma, very heavy, when it comes to eating disorders. How can we make that less of a stigma for people? Yeah, I mean, I definitely... I agree with you in that it's certainly out there still. And, you know, I, I do hope that, you know, examples like this, like this podcast and other forums really will help educate um, people. But it's it's a challenge. And it's actually part of the reason why I was drawn back to psychiatry in general. And, of course, eating disorders is a part of that because I saw how challenging that stigma was for our patients and navigating 
their journeys to get care um, and really some of the shame that they felt as a result of that stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think education is really the primary way from a very, I think, Robin, you even spoke to some school systems recently, and you can yeah. correct me. If, um, I think that is so important because the more we can talk to the teachers and you know the, the people that these um, kids, adolescents, and adults um, work with, on a daily basis, the more that stigma will over time hopefully reduce. But it's definitely still very present, unfortunately. Well, and to your point with the school talks, Emily, I think the progress there is also that we're just getting asked, you know, like because I've I've heard so many times, well, we can't have a talk on eating disorders because no one will come. (laughs) No one wants to show up because someone might look at someone else and say, oh, my gosh, you're dealing with this or someone that you know or you love is dealing with this. So we kind of house it in different language. We talk about it as like nourishment and body image and then more people come. Um, But we are fortunate enough to, you know, have the opportunities now and to your point as well, the podcast, which is really for clinicians or those sharing their own recovery journey stories. Um, there are other podcasts that are similar. Um, you know, social media has actually been helpful in terms of creating, well, not always positive, but there are some positive venues in social media where there's just more attention paid um, and and sort of bringing that stigma down. So um I think, I don't know what that does. Yeah, the reason I brought it up is because when someone sees a very thin man or woman, young man or woman, uh, you'll often hear, well, that person's an obvious anorexic. And there's no thought that that person is dealing with some very serious emotional issues along with physical issues. It just seems to be a very crass way that we've addressed it because it is obvious to some people when they see the the extent on the body and and instead of having empathy they immediately sort of classify these people as weird we're not going to well and i think what's what we speak to more now right emily maybe you can help me here is that you know eating disorders don't generally sort of focus as they're diagnosed that isn't mostly the common body that they show up in um, and they can, they can, but you really, in kind of taking the stigma down, we're trying to make sure that people understand that it's anybody, any color, any mm-hmm. size, any, you know, sexual orientation. Yeah, certainly have a lot of patients um, that I've worked with in the past who have really struggled with um, being really not validated by prior yeah. practitioners because of their, quote, normal uh, you know, body yeah. weight. Very good point. Yet suffering deeply. And so I think I agree with your point completely that it really is more about, you know, what they're struggling with and the behaviors and not necessarily what their size is. Um, so, right. So do you remember when we had Lauren on a couple of months ago? Sure. And she was really clear in that discussion around feeling like she wasn't sick enough. Mm-hmm. So thus the, you know, kind of not newer understanding for us in the clinical world, but more of an understanding outside that it's really not a question of sick enough, 
that sort of level of comparison actually is part of the eating disorder and can make the eating disorder worse. Just that it is here and they are here in different body sizes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Very helpful. Emily, I am so lucky to have you in the practice. And I know everyone else that sees you and gets to collaborate with you is as well. Just grateful for your time today. Love to have you on again. Um, Absolutely. So, thank you. Thank you both. All right. Take good care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the NPRD podcast with Robin Kivit. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate, and review us and share this valuable podcast with friends and family. Help and hope is found here. For more, just go to robinkivit.com. That's R-O-B-Y-N-K-I-E-V-I-T.com. Or check out the NPRD.com.